You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. This podcast may discuss topics graphic in nature and possibly triggering to survivors. We value the safety and well-being of all of our listeners, so please practice personal discretion. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, I'm Paige. And I'm Natalie. We're the hosts of the Murder Diaries podcast. We bonded over tacos and true crime after we matched on Bumble BFF. You know, like any normal millennial using an app to meet new friends. Every Thursday, we upload a new episode. In each episode of the Murder Diaries, we tell true crime one story at a time. One week, it's my turn. And the next week, it's mine. You still think it's in my but I'm walking with the dead. Before we get into this week's episode, it's time to unleash the exciting news that the Murder Diaries podcast merch store is opening. Yay! The store will open on April 5th and it will remain open until April 19th at 11.59 p.m. So get your goodies and support the show. I can't wait. I can't either. We've been wearing our merch that we have, like the prototypes, for a little while, like in Instagram stories or just on our own, and we love them, and we know you will too. This week's episode is a little different. Of course, every case that we tell has its own intricacies, and they're all different in their own rights, but this one, this one is kind of confusing, Mm -hmm. to be honest. It's not a mysterious death, though, like when we did Kanika or anything like that. But we still don't know what happened. This is a story of Kaylee Anita Mandotti. Kaylee Anita Mandotti was born August 26, 1998. She was full of love and extremely smart with a good heart. She is said to have touched and brightened countless lives with her kind heart, contagious laugh, and amazing spirit. Growing up, she loved to ride horses. She loved playing the piano. She won awards at science fairs. She enjoyed acting in the summer theater. And she was a Girl Scout growing up. This is a truly well-rounded person that was beautiful inside and outside. We're going to start our story on October 29th, 2017. 19-year-old Kaylee was life-flighted to a Kyle, Texas hospital. She was said to have suffered a traumatic brain injury, and after two days, her mother and stepfather were told that, unfortunately, there was no hope for recovery. They still had no idea what happened to their daughter or how she ended up in this situation, but the decision was made to take her off of life support and her organs were set for donation. Just two days before this, She was a thriving sophomore communications major at Trinity University, which is a small liberal arts university in San Antonio, Texas. She was very much in love with 
her first ever serious boyfriend, Jet Burcham. Um, they had met freshman year at Trinity University. He was a football player, a fraternity brother to her cheerleader sorority sister that she was. However, by sophomore year, they were more on again, off again. And this, just for clarification, when this happened in October of 2017, this would have been Kaylee's sophomore year of college. Right. So during this time, they were a little bit more on again, off again, having their typical young love issues. Enter new love interest, Mark Howerton. He was 22. And in high school, he was a star baseball player. He was living in Houston, but he was often in San Antonio visiting his friends at Trinity University, which is how he met Kaylee. So just for clarification, he actually wasn't attending Trinity U with Kaylee. Right. He was not a student there. He was kind of a good looking dude. He's older than her. And he was, what I like to say, pretty jacked. Yeah. He was a meathead in the pictures I've seen. Yeah. He was a bit of a meathead. At any rate, both dudes knew about each other by this October day that she's brought into the hospital. Doesn't mean they were happy about it, but they knew about it. Right. She was somewhat back and forth with what was going to be right for her. Uh And, you know, at this age, she's still a teenager. You know, she's still trying to figure out things that fit in life and what she wants out of life. And, of course, that would definitely parlay into what relationship's right for you and what do you want out of a relationship? And it's confusing because, as I mentioned, Jet was her first love. So does she have a lot of experience to go off of? No, right? So she's kind of trying to figure out with these guys, like, what's going on and what's going to be right for her and everyone involved. That brings us back to Sunday, October 29th, 2017. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now, and for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672, or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now, and for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. So Mark rushed Kaylee to the ER at a rural hospital in Lulling. And this happened around 10.30 p.m. Police questioned him right then and there while they are at the hospital and medical professionals are tending to Kaylee. I thought that was really interesting that police jumped on it. And I have to give the police credit for taking immediate action. They even took him into the hospital church and that's where they questioned him. So it wasn't even like them taking him downtown wasting time. No, they were right on it and they wanted answers now. Yeah. And this is all on video between the body cam, the police's body cam and hospital cameras. Like a lot Mm. of his questioning is just, it's all recorded. And yes, they were just looking for the first quiet place they could get to. And that's where they took him. When they had arrived, Kaylee was barely breathing and 
It's said that she was covered in bruises and had definitely sustained, you know, multiple injuries from head to toe. She was also naked from the waist down. And I guess her shirt was a bit disheveled as well. Mm-hmm. In pictures, her boots are also in his car because officers are quick to go search his car as well. Right. He had a black Mercedes and they went straight to it. During his questioning, what Mark tells officers is that the two of them had spent the weekend attending the Mala Luna Festival in San Antonio. So this was a weekend music festival that was in the afternoons on Saturday the 28th and Sunday the 29th that they were attending. It should be noted that on Saturday night, Kaylee went home. So they weren't like staying in like a tent or something like if you're thinking, um, you know, one of the like millions of other music festivals where people like literally stay in like tents or hotels near. It was in San Antonio and they were kind of going back and forth, if you will. So he claims that at this music festival, they drank alcohol and took MDMA, also known as Molly or Ecstasy, depending on what generation you are from. This substance isn't unusual for Kaylee to have used. And it was actually a point of contention with her mom. So she was open about it and she liked to have a good time. And I think she was just trying to live her best life as a 19-year-old college student. Mark goes on to say that they got in an argument after leaving the festival around 5 or 6 p.m. Apparently, she had told Mark that she still had feelings for her ex, Jet. Remember, they were sort of on again, off again. So during an off period, she gets with Mark and she's starting to feel like, ooh, you know what, maybe I want to work things out with Jet. Mark goes on by saying that, yeah, you know, they had gotten in that argument, but they pulled over and they had a little makeup rendezvous in the car at a gas station. Okay. He specifies something interesting, though. He says, yeah, well, the encounter was rough in nature, though. Was that typical for them, though? I mean, that's not something that can be good if it's not consensual. It wasn't, according to Mark, all of that atypical for them to have rough romantic encounters, if you will. Got it. So apparently for them and their romantic life, he's saying, but just so you know, but that's also normal. Okay. Mark says that about five minutes after their makeup rendezvous that she kind of knocks out for the day. She's kind of falls asleep. She's snoring. And he decides, well, if she's going to sleep, then why don't I head to Houston and we can just, We'll go to my place in Houston. As they were driving, she stopped snoring, he says, and that's when he got a bad feeling. And so he decides to take her to the hospital because he was trying to get a response from her and she wasn't waking up. She wasn't coming to. So he arrives at this smaller hospital, this smaller rural hospital in Lolling, Texas, and he actually flags down an ambulance, an EMS worker, as they are both arriving to the hospital. Okay. The ambulance was transporting a patient and he obviously was arriving with Kaylee. And two resources paint a different picture. One sort of paints a picture where the EMS workers talking about him behind the ambulance flashing his headlights. And then another resource makes it look like he was flailing his arms, kind of screaming, hey, my girlfriend needs help, like help us. I don't really know, maybe both happened. 
either way, he got their attention and they were able to attend to her. Right. I just want to paint for listeners that sometimes when we're doing this research, we get two different items, two different pieces of information, and it's hard to tell what's right, what's wrong, or was it both? So with that being said, he flags them down and the EMS worker goes to the car door, opens it, and she notices the partially nude body and that she's covered in bruises, as I'd mentioned before. She also states that the hair was sort of matted and that she wasn't breathing. So she goes on to administer CPR. That almost makes me wonder if Kaylee never pulled up her pants after their consensual, at least according to Mark, their consensual sexual encounter. And it really, you know, begs the question of whether or not it was consensual. Exactly. And many girls would not be passing out without their pants up. No. Women are shamed from like birth. Yeah. Birth into never being naked. I don't care what your background is. Women are always told, you know, be clothed. So it is odd that she would have been comfortable enough in this car to just go to sleep half nude. Right. Or even the fact that he would just be okay driving with his girlfriend there half dressed yeah it's just a little odd like there's just some odd things going on and the ems worker is definitely noticing that as well things just aren't adding up no so here we are at the rural hospital in lolling texas police search his car and they found a gun and marijuana okay that's interesting well nobody had too much time to focus in on all of that because meanwhile Kaylee was life flighted to another hospital in Kyle, Texas, the one I referenced at the top of the episode. Mm -hmm. Two days later, it was recommended on Halloween that Kaylee would not be making a recovery and that removal of life support would be necessary. And she passed at 3.43 p.m. that same day. Mark was questioned several times during this period and no charges were made. However, three months later, things made a change when the medical examiner released the autopsy report. The report states that the manner of death was homicide and that her death was by cause of blunt force trauma to the head and face. Several weeks after that, Mark was arrested. He was charged with murder and sexual assault. He pleaded not guilty to all charges and he made bail. What was in Mark's favor big time was that he took Kaylee to the hospital. This is not something typically that somebody does who murdered another person. Right. Usually murderers are trying to conceal what they've done. And here this guy is taking his girlfriend straight to the hospital and coming into contact with investigators straight away. Right. It removes quite a bit of the suspicion Mm -hmm. initially. Regardless, because he pleaded not guilty and had been charged in December 2019, his anxiously awaited trial began. A lot of what I'm about to say for the rest of this episode is information about the trial and directly garnered from testimony from the trial. So during the trial, the prosecution held that Mark left the music festival with Kaylee, drove her to a parking lot, and proceeded to sexually assault her. Her body was covered in bruises head to toe that substantiate this claim. 
a note I said parking lot, not gas station. That's not a mistake, but I will be clarifying why in a little bit. So that's the prosecution. The defense, they held that, look, no one saw anything transpire regarding a murder where he said that they had been. So we have no eyewitnesses Mm -hmm. to him doing anything to her. And you know what? She had bruises because of the medical staff. They tried to revive her like a minimum of like seven times. So that's why she had all these bruises. And by the way, no, there wasn't bruises on her face. So there's this argument of even like where bruising and trauma was. It should be noted that Mark was generally cooperative and he was asking for updates on Kaylee that night and he seemed really upset when he wasn't able to get any updates on her well-being or her status. Something that didn't bode well for him though in the trial is that he changed his story when questioned and he changed it the day she was removed from life support. So remember earlier I referenced a gas station where they had their makeup rendezvous. And then I referenced the prosecution talking about a parking lot. Well, here's where that comes together. On the day that Kaylee was removed from life support, he changed his story saying, look, 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 we didn't have sex at the gas station like I told you. We actually had sex in an empty parking lot of a Whataburger corporate office And then we went to the gas station. And by the way, that gas station is about 40 miles from the office where supposedly they had their makeup rendezvous. So that's when the story changes. Okay, buddy. It doesn't look good. I'm sorry, Mark. How do you forget something like that? I mean, it's clear that he was changing his story for a reason. Exactly. And the prosecution uses this against him. They say that he lied about where they had sex initially because most likely it's where the crime had occurred. They see no other reason to have lied about where they did the deed. Mm -hmm. The only person who could truly counter or confirm Mark's story was Kaylee, and she was not there to do so. The next best option for the prosecution was to bring back in Dr. Susanna Dana, the medical examiner that performed the autopsy. They hoped that she would be able to help Kaylee's remains speak on her behalf. The examiner testifies, look, Kaylee's body showed up with plenty of evidence of blunt force trauma on the face, behind the neck, and pictures of the autopsy were also displayed for the jury to see. The trial also brought other shocking evidence against Mark and Kaylee's relationship to light. It was discovered that Kaylee and Mark had a bit of a dark past, despite the fact that, you know what, their relationship really wasn't that long. No, it was about a month at this point. Yeah. Here's an example of the dark past between Mark and Kaylee. And there's many more of these. This is via testimony of Kaylee's roommate. Just a few weeks before her death, Her roommate had asked Kaylee to go to a party with her and Mark got super upset about it. He was actually at Kaylee's dorm room at the time and they went out onto the balcony. Her roommate ends up seeing Mark with Kaylee sort of pinned up or thrown up against the brick wall. Oh my God. If you want more information on how a dorm room has a balcony and what that might look like, the brick wall... 
I have in the show notes linked her dorm room building. And basically for just visual description and basically just for a little auditory description, it was a balcony that was encased by two sidewalls and their slider door. And then in the front, of course, was the general air opening with a taller like pony brick wall for safety. But again, show notes if you want to see her building and what that looks like. So back to that night of their fight out on the balcony, Kaylee goes to the party anyways. Good for her. Yeah. While she was away at this party, one of her neighbors heard banging and a male voice screaming, I'm going to smash your face in and other violent things. And so we don't specifically know that it was Mark, but I mean, the timing and the circumstances around, you know, what happened that night suggests that it was him, right? Well, a police officer was actually dispatched and investigated the scene. And he found Mark in Kaylee's dorm room. Okay. He claimed that he was just waiting on Kaylee while she was out at the party. And, you know, no big deal. But police officers were like, we're going to come in. And this isn't your dorm room. So we can either, you know, force it or step aside, buddy. Right. However, so... The police officer enters the room and notices that the balcony door had been cracked, the slider for their balcony cracked. Her room was thrashed and her clothes were on trees in the like the surrounding area. <gasps> Later that night, he also smashed Kaylee's laptop in the street. Okay, he is a monster. He literally can't control himself. Well, the university doesn't disagree with you, and they felt that it was better after this evening to go ahead and just ban him from the entire campus. Good. Absolutely. I mean, after all, she was living on campus. Her safety is their responsibility, and she was living in the M. Bruce Thomas Hall in room 561. Needless to say, you're you're exasperated. I'm exasperated just after this one incident. So was the university. After they banned him, and so, most importantly, was Kaylee. She stopped taking his texts and calls after this happened. Of course, though, he manipulated her into speaking with him again by Snapchatting a picture of him with a pistol in his mouth saying he would kill himself if she, like, wouldn't talk to him or she really broke up with him or whatever. No, he didn't. Are you kidding me? Yes, and... Kaylee tells her ex-boyfriend that, you know what, maybe I want to be back with you. And you're talking about Jet at this point, right? Yeah, Jet. So she tells Jet, hey, you know, maybe I want to work on things with you. You know, after this incident, she's done with him, right? However, she ends up in a love triangle, sort of working things out with Mark, sort of trying to feel things out with Jet. So she's in a bit of a love triangle. And on October 28th, 2017, at 1.57 a.m. So she hadn't gone to the music festival yet, but would be later that same day. She texted Jet, I'm literally in love with both of you. And I didn't think it was possible either till it happened. So we're not sure of Mark's whereabouts, during this time, since they would be going to the music festival the next day. Or the same day, but later on. Yeah, they were. They still had about 12 hours or so before right. they would have even been at the festival. The first act went on at like 2.15, 2.10 mm-hmm. that day. 
um, according to the flyer that I found. So we don't know where Mark was, but he was banned for campus after all. So according to Jet, she told him that she was going to break up with Mark at the Malaluna Festival on Sunday, the last day of the festival, and be with him instead. The reason Jet says that she was waiting until the last day of the festival and specifically to do it at the music festival was so that there would be a lot of people around her as a witness, basically for her safety. Okay, well, that's very telling in and of itself. It is telling if Jet is telling the truth, for sure. A friend of Kaylee and Mark's testifies that when Mark went to pick Kaylee up with this same friend for the last day of the music festival, Sunday the 29th, her last day being consciously with us, Uh that she wasn't immediately ready to be picked up. She wasn't there right away. We don't know where she was, what she was doing. Was it a campus store? Was she just ignoring them in her dorm room? We don't know. But she does end up getting in the car and going with them. But Mark was super angry about whatever had happened. And again, it's really hard to tell from the testimony what had really happened. Mm -hmm. But he was angry and he wanted to know where she had been and all that sort of stuff. So either way, the friend and Kaylee and Mark make their way to the festival. They take Molly along the way and they even dissolved some Molly in water and continued to drink that. Jet testifies that he saw Kaylee and Mark leave the festival that same Sunday, October 29th. He said that, you know what? It looked like she wanted space and she didn't want to leave with him. She was trying to step away and he in turn put his arm really tightly around her and pulled her in closely and they left and walked out of Jet's sight. That's not good. When Kayla didn't come home that night and had missed a sorority meeting, her friends started getting really nervous. They FaceTimed her and Mark even answered once saying like, she can't talk right now. Mark then proceeded to Snapchat Kaylee's friends and say, go F yourself, you stupid bees. All this looks really bad for Mark. Because remember, this is all from testimony, right? So her friends, his friend, Jet, they're all testifying these events. Well, it all looked bad, at least, until the defense ripped Jet's credibility apart. The prosecution's star witness. According to 48 Hours, at the time of Kaylee's death, Jet was on probation. The defense questions him in court for alleged drug activity while on the aforementioned probation. He pleads to fifth. He pleads to fifth 30 times. Wow. Yeah, and it doesn't do justice for his credibility because he had actually been offered immunity regarding the alleged drug activity during probation for his testimony in the grand jury before the trial had even started, obviously, because we're talking a grand jury here. Right. But just to play devil's advocate, just because someone, you know, has been given immunity, it doesn't mean that they're not allowed to plead the fifth. I mean, was he told to do so by his lawyer? If any of us had been told to do something by our lawyers, we would have done the same thing. So we don't really know his motivations for it. That's a perfect point because, yes, Jet's lawyer was standing right next to the witness box telling Jet same answer, which would be, I choose to observe my rights under the Fifth Amendment or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing there because I don't have the episode of 48 Hours on that um, you can hear and see his testimony pleading the Fifth. 
So either way, he had to plead the fifth 30 times while the defense was grilling him and trying to destroy his credibility. Another unfortunate piece that kind of smashed Jet's credibility, again, the prosecution's like star witness Mm -hmm. during the trial, is that Jet had initially claimed that he saw Mark throw Kaylee into his car when Jet hadn't actually seen that. Jet stands by his trial testimony, as I had described a moment ago, which was just simply seeing them leave with Kaylee being a bit reluctant to do so and Mark pulling her in kind of tight and close and them leaving. So on top of all of that, Jet also had an assault allegation against him, according to 48 Hours as well. We do not know anything more about his initial probation, the assault allegation, or anything about that. Well, because they're not related to this case. Right. And they were simply brought up on trial to destroy his credibility because that's the point of the defense. Kaylee's family and Jet hold that he lied initially to the grand jury because he really was just like desperate and they use this word on 48 hours, desperate for action to be taken against Mark for Kaylee's death. Clearly, he believed that something had happened at the hands of Mark. The defense presents alternate reasons for the brain bleeds and bruises and blame MDMA and organ donations for all of the trauma that the medical examiner had expressed. Well, They brought back in the medical examiner and she shut that down. So she knew what she was looking at here and it wasn't looking like anything besides homicide to her. Mm -hmm. It's important to note the distinction of the language when we use homicide versus murder. Homicide is simply saying a human killed this other human. Whereas when you're talking about murder, you're talking about premeditation, um, malintent, Um, and lots of other legal things that I don't want to even try and dissect. Once, you know, the testimonies have been said and everything has been presented, the jury hits the deliberation room. While they are in deliberations, the defense gets a phone call that would impact the trial completely. The person who called had been working the front desk the night that Kaylee was brought in. They counter the EMS individual's testimony, the one who had given her CPR. Mm -hmm. They counter it and they say, you know, there's other reasons for these bruises that they weren't there when she got here. Okay. The judge says, however, you know what? It's too late. You can't have them come in and testify. The jury's already in deliberation. So too bad. Well, this does mess with the case in one way or another. And... After two days of deliberations, the jury did not reach a verdict and a mistrial was granted. So this case will be retried. Uh, The retrial was initially set for August of 2020, but due to COVID, it was postponed. As of March 9th, an article expressed that it will be retried later this year. There was no date listed in the article. Again, that's from March 9th. So that's just a few weeks ago. So So we don't know right now when it's going to be retried. You know, we like to end on more positive notes. So let's talk about Kaylee's mom. 
She turned her grief into total and complete action. She vowed that her daughter's death would not be in vain, and she put her career on hold. She decided to dedicate her life to creating a new law in her daughter's memory. And in September of 2019, Coordinated Law Enforcement Adult Response, or CLEAR, alert was approved. Now, when someone reports an adult aged 18 to 64 is missing and endangered in Texas, authorities issue what's called a CLEAR alert through their emergency broadcast system. They give out just like an Amber Alert does, you know, the endangered person's information and their last known whereabouts. So now, if you believe that somebody is endangered, they can get help in that state. And I think that this is great. And I don't know why it doesn't exist just countrywide. This is so useful. If someone's endangered, they need help. Why do we need a law to make that happen? I guess this law specifically is saying, hey, put it out on the emergency broadcast alert. Put it out everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of thinking, okay, that's, that is so cool. Like what a great legacy. But why with this case, was that something that her mom was passionate about? Well, we got to remember her friends were really worried about her that night, right? They were FaceTiming. Right. And it actually came up in one of the resources that they had been turned down by police when they tried to make a report at the time that they were worried about her and where she was and that Mark's answering the phone and saying she can't talk right now. You know, they wanted to get help for their friends so that they could, you know, clap eyes on her again, like get her to them again. And they weren't able to do that and they couldn't even make a report. It's awful that horrible things like this have to happen for laws like Clear to be made. I agree. If any human is in danger, why is it so hard that we have a procedure where it goes through an emergency broadcast system? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. But one would hope that there's some form of logic as to why it took a law to make that happen. But I don't know what that logic is. We'll end by saying, look, Mark remains innocent until he is proven guilty, if that is what happens in his retrial. As a reminder... It is stated that the retrial is scheduled for sometime this year. Natalie and I just don't have the date, but we will be staying tuned on this case and we will be keeping you posted as we can. Until our next episode, you know where to find us at the Murder Diaries Pod on Instagram, at the Murder Diaries Pod at gmail.com, and at the Murder Diaries Podcast.com. Merch coming soon. April 5th. And you know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It helps us keep the good content flowing. It sure does. And until then, better safe than dead. Bye. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.